Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. We're not really, well, not really even going to get into this verse. We're going to talk about the, uh, you see the title on the back of your bulletin. It says the king of the kingdom. We're not, we're not actually getting to the kingdom just yet. We're, we're going to talk about the king of the kingdom. This is part one. Uh, now, we've been looking rather closely, might I add, uh, to what has been called the Lord's Prayer. Okay, uh, the Lord began his uh, to give his prayer over in verse nine, just one verse prior to this, uh, and I explained that the prayer is divided into three sections. All right, we got three sections in this prayer. Uh, the first, or the first one, first part of the first section here is the preface. Uh, this consists of uh, part of verse nine, where he says, "Our Father, which art in heaven." That's the preface of the prayer. Then now we're, we've moved on to the petitions. Uh, this began at the end of verse 9 with, Hallowed be thy name. We talked about that two weeks ago. Remember last week was Easter and we had a, uh, had a, a break from uh, Matthew and talked about uh, 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 Easter a little bit there. Um, but before that, we talked about uh, how, what it is to hallow the name of God. And I, I tell you what, I learned a lot in just studying that, that, uh, that part of the verse. I enjoyed it. Uh, I it changed my my life and, and how I see God and how I how I can hallow His name now uh, uh, correctly, so to speak. And I, I enjoy that. I love I love learning from the Bible. But that's the first petition, uh, and then the last uh, it will end in verse thirteen, where He says, "But deliver us from evil." That's the last of the petitions there uh, in this prayer. Then we get to the conclusion, the third part here. Uh, this is also seen in verse 13 at the end where he says, For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Now, this is a very simple prayer, yet our Lord meant for this to be a simple prayer. He meant for it to be simple. Uh, he, he, he didn't want... Uh, God doesn't want to complicate salvation. God doesn't want to complicate prayer. Man complicates salvation. Man wants to add things to salvation. Man wants to add uh, tradition and, and rituals to, to prayer. Man wants to add things to God's simplicity. God likes to keep things simple. Amen. He'd done it. He'd done it so that uh, those who listen and even us who read today uh, could remember not so much the words... As much as the structure of the prayer, the, the, the foundation of the prayer, how to, how to, how to uh, put together our words in our prayer. And here we, we will see, eventually going through this, that there's a total of six petitions that our Lord gives uh, uh, in this prayer. And we've looked at the first one there a couple of weeks ago, Hallowed Be Thy Name. And this, as we saw, will be one petition in which will always be needed. You know, when we get to heaven, we're not going to have to ask forgiveness for our sins. Because we'll be in heaven. We won't be sinning no more. Hallelujah. That's something to shout about this morning. I'm, I'm sick and tired of sin in my life. I don't know about you. I'm sick and tired of every time I turn around, I'm stubborn over the same sin that constantly gets in my way. I'm, I'm sick and tired of, of, of dealing with sin in, in, in the aftermath of sin. Because there is effects to sin. Hey, look, even, even when we sin and we get forgiveness from God, there's still going to be an effect from that sin. 
It's a sin to rob a bank. And you can ask God to forgive you after you do that if you was to do it. But you still, if you get caught, you're going to go to jail. There's still an after effect of that sin. God will forgive you for it, but there's still going to be a, 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 a consequence of it. I'm tired of that. I'm tired of sinning. I'm tired of, uh, of living, uh, uh, living uh, with uh, constant sin bombarding me from all directions. It's like I'm in a, in a, and we are, we are in a spiritual warfare. We are in a spiritual battle where, where we're getting bombarded from, by the enemies on all sides. Amen. We're not going to have to uh, uh, ask the Lord to, to lead us away from temptation when we get there. Hallelujah. There, there are some things that when we get to heaven, we're not going to have to uh, worry and, and pray about anymore. But we'll always have to hallow the name of God. Whether it be now or the millennium to come, we'll be hallowing the name of God. And this morning as we open our Bibles to the 6th chapter of Matthew as we read the 10th verse of this chapter here, and as we pull the, 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 from the honeycomb of Scripture the sweet nectar to, its, uh, to, it, to help it enlighten our hearts and our minds with the truth, I want us to allow God to speak to us from these pages of Scripture and allow the Holy Spirit to transform our minds by the renewing of our minds. And I want to allow God to speak to us and give us the internal truths that are hidden as gems in this minefield here of the Scriptures. This morning, I want you to do something for me. Listen up. I want you this morning to allow God be God in your life. I want you to allow God to be God in your life. Step down off the controls of your life and give the control of your life over to the, the Creator, the one who made your life, the one who knows better for you than we know ourselves. Amen. Give your life over to Him this morning. Amen. You say, well, I'm already saved, Pastor. I'm not talking about just salvation. I'm talking about after salvation. Quit, quit taking the wheel away from God and, and give it back to Him. Amen. Let God be God in your life once again. I promise you this morning, you'll never regret it. You never, you, you'll never have any regrets when you give your life over to God. I've regret doing a lot of things in my life, but I've never regretted submitting my life to God. And I promise you this morning, you won't either. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. We'll get started this morning. Father, I need you, Lord. I need your strength as a as I preach your word this morning, I've got a, I've got a sermon, Lord. And this isn't going to go anywhere, Lord, if the Holy Spirit doesn't involve himself with the message. I need the power of the Holy Spirit this morning. The people need the power of the Holy Spirit to receive the message. Oh, Holy Spirit, come down upon us. Interpret for us the scripture. Oh, Father... We need you this morning. Open our hearts. Open our minds to, to receive your word. Help us leave different than we came this morning. Help us leave with a, with a, a burning fire to serve you and to, and to worship you and to, and to enjoy your presence in our lives for the rest of our life, Father, as we leave this morning.
Help us not go back home the same way we came this morning. Oh, Father, fill us with your glory. Fill us with that Holy Spirit, Lord. I ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. Chapter 6 of Matthew, verse 10 says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Within this verse, we see two, peti- uh, two petitions. And I must say that today we'll, we'll get to the steps of the first one. We won't even be looking at the first one, but we'll get to the steps. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. This morning, I want to give you four points concerning the Lord of the kingdom. Okay. The Lord of the kingdom. This will bring us to that door of what our Lord is speaking about in this verse. And I feel like we need to know a little bit about the authenticity of the ruler of the kingdom before we learn to petition his kingdom to come. Now, now if we don't know anything about the, the, the king of the kingdom, we, we may be more hesitant to ask for his kingdom to come, will we not? Yeah. That, that for, for us, that would be like voting for a president that we, we never even heard before. We don't, we've never heard him speak. We don't know what he looks like. We don't know what his, what his stance on things are. We won't want, we'll, we'll be hesitant to vote for someone like that, wouldn't we? So that's why I, I want us to get to know the king this morning. Is what, is what I'm trying to get at. And I hope that makes a little sense. Point one. We see the king's diadem. The king's diadem. Which is his political authority. His authority. Alright, now I have three set points to give you under this. Now look, we're going to go right through these. Don't think we're going to be here after 4 o'clock. 3.30 at the latest. Alright? We won't be that long. A, under the king's diadem, A is who is this king? Who is this king? Before we recognize someone as king, we should know a little bit about them, don't you think? Well, David, over in Psalms 24, turn there with me, please. The last verse, verse 10, the Psalms 24. David asked this same question, but then he quickly gives us the answer to that question. Psalm 24, verse 10 says this. If you don't have it, you can listen uh, uh, with me. It says, Who is this king of glory? My, 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 what a question. Who is this king of glory? He says here, he answers the question. He says, the Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. Selah. Whenever, if you're, if you're at that, that verse, whenever you see the title Lord in all caps, L-O-R-D in all caps, it is the translation of the Hebrew word Jehovah. Jehovah. Jehovah means the self-existent one who reveals himself. David, in writing the 24th Psalms, well, let me, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, uh, that, that word Jehovah also means I am. And the, you, you, you might remember uh, that title was given to Moses when, uh, when Moses asked God, well, who do I tell Pharaoh when he was supposed to go in front of Pharaoh to tell Pharaoh to let his people go? Uh-huh. When Pharaoh asked me, who am I supposed to say is telling me to tell him to let my people go? God says, tell him, I am sent you. I am sent you. And I love it when, when our Lord in the New Testament, when he, was, when he was 
talking and debating with the Pharisees, he says, and the Pharisee says, you're not even 30 years old yet. How can you have seen some of the things that he was talking about? He says, well, before Abraham was, I am. Not many people got that, but the Pharisees caught it. They knew that he was talking about the I am of the Old Testament, that he was calling himself Jehovah. The self-existent one, the one who reveals himself, and they knew that he was talking that he was the God. And hallelujah, he is the God. Over in Over in this 24th Psalms, David, he's worshiping the Lord in his writing here. He closes this psalm with a question that, that must be answered by every human being, past present and future this question has got to be asked by everyone and not only that more importantly it's got to be answered by everyone who is this king of glory this morning that's a question that that you may have already answered in your life then again it might be a question that you've never answered you never thought about who this king of glory is who is it that you set has set up in your life this king You've got someone there. Someone set, it, uh, set up on the throne of your heart. Would it be God? A pagan? An idol? Uh, an idol such as a house or a car or even yourself? Amen. Yeah. We worship someone, don't we? Yes. Who is it that rules and reigns in our lives? Or rather, should be ruling and reigning in our lives? It is the king of glory here. This is none other than the Lord God Jehovah that David's speaking of. The self-existent one. The one who has revealed himself within the pages of scripture, which most of you, I'm sure, have in your lap this morning. You want to know a little something about the great I Am? You want to know a little something about the Jehovah? You want to know a little something about the one who has revealed himself? He's revealed himself within the pages of the scripture that you've got in your hands this morning. The Word of God. This is the answer to the who. B. Who is under his authority. We know who the king is now. At what extent does he have authority? Good question. Good question. You've seen those movies where an escapee's running for his life. Or, excuse me, for his freedom, rather. And he's at the state line. And it's a, it's a state trooper that's, that's, you know, that's chasing him or a sheriff that's chasing him. And once he crosses that state line, he knows he's okay. Because that trooper, that, that, that police officer, doesn't have authority in that other state. So he's over there dancing and stuff, you know, showing, hey, I, I got away from you. You have no authority across that line. Well, we need to know where, where the authority of the king ends. Well, Psalm 95, verse 3 tells us. It says, For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. Listen to that. You, You may have missed it. It says, For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. Little G. All gods. 
Here we're told that the Lord, the same title is seen in Psalm 24, is capitalized here in chapter 95, meaning the self-existent one. He is a great God. In fact, the Lord God Jehovah is so great that His authority expands over all other gods. Meaning any other God that you may think of or that one day will be named, the Lord God Jehovah is over them. Today, you don't worship a little G-God. At least not here. We don't worship a little G-God. We worship the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. And I would say that this, that if He is above all other gods, and all of mankind worships something in their lives, i said that before, I don't care if you're atheist, if you're atheist, most people that are atheists worship themselves, or worship their intellect. So they worship themselves. Or they worship science. If God is above all other gods, then He's above all other men too. Therefore, the Lord is above not just all other gods, but above all human beings. Mankind submits to His God, whether it be little g or big g, and all gods, little g, submit to the Lord God Jehovah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hey, look, I'm not worried about Baal. I'm not worried about uh, 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 any God that's, that's out there that isn't my God. Amen. I'm not worried what they could do to me. I'm not worried what, what, what power they have. I'm not worried that they could go up to heaven and shake their fists at my God. All other gods are idols. They're false gods. They're man-made. My God isn't man-made. He's a man-maker. Then see. Hallelujah. Yeah, shout. We, hey, we, we, we should be shouting because we got someone to shout about. See how long is His reign. We know who it is that reigns. We know where His authority ends. It's limitless. He's, he's, he's got authority over everything, everyone. How long is His reign? Psalms 29.10 says, The Lord sitteth upon the flood. Yea, the Lord sitteth king forever. Yes. Hebrews 1.8, the first part of verse 8 says, But unto the Son He saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. Amen. So from the very beginning of creation, the Lord's throne has been all over this earth. Yes. As the psalmist says so clearly, the earth is the Lord's footstool. Yes. God rules this world. And I don't care what any other religion says, the Lord God Jehovah rules this world. There will never be a day in which the throne will be taken over. There will never ever be a day in which God's reign will end. The powers in heaven will not be shaken by anything on this earth or out of this earth. We need to remember this. And if it appears that Satan is getting the upper hand, and sometimes we do think that, it's, uh, that Satan's just got so much control. Hey, look, Satan has no control but what God allows him to have. 
Satan can do no more than what God allows him to do. Go look in the book of Job and see what God, what, uh, uh, God told Satan about Job. He said, consider my servant Job. How he's righteous. He, and, and, and Satan says, yeah, but you take your hand off of him, he'll curse you. God told him what he could do to Job. And he told him what he couldn't do. If Satan was so powerful, then why did, why did he have to obey what God told him? Amen. Hey, Satan, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Amen. Now, we got to remember this. If it does appear that Satan's getting the upper hand, it's only because God allowed him to. It's only because God allowed him to. It's God that sets up kings and rulers. We gotta remember that. Hey, you we're foolish to think that we really that our vote counts. Let, let me just let me just clear up everything. Alright? I got Satan mad at me. I get the I get the, the everybody else mad at me here. We're foolish to think that our vote counts here in America. God sets up kings. God sets up rulers. It's God. Not just here in America, but in every nation that there is. Past, present, and future. God, America has never elected a political figure. It's always been God that sets that leader up of this nation. Sometimes He gives us someone we deserve. Sometimes He gives us someone we don't deserve. Take that how you want. I mean, yeah, it is what it is. Who is this king? It's the Lord God Jehovah. He's your king, and he should, and you should humbly bow and submit yourself to his power, to his authority. He will always be king. He'll never cease to rule and reign. The next. Number two is the king's dominion. Point two, the king's dominion. I have two subpoints for this one. Where is his dominion, dominion on this earth? Does he have power over all the earth? Or is his power limited to the nation of Israel? Because the nation of Israel is his, the apple of his eye. That, that land is where he said, he told Moses, take your shoes off, son. You're standing on holy ground. Amen. Well, Psalm 47, verse 7 says this. Psalm 47, verse 7 says, For God is the king of all the earth. Amen. Sing ye praises with understanding. Amen. It's time we start realizing that God's king over all this earth. Yes, His reign, His power is over all this earth. He has power over the weather, power over the animals, and the power over the plant life. God's power does not stop with nature. He has power over all His creation. And guess what? You're His creation. He has power over you this morning. Amen. He has power to turn the hearts of evil men. He has power over the forces of hell. Hey, this morning, I, got, I serve a wonderful, powerful God. My God isn't a little G God. He's a big G God, and He's the only God, and He's the most powerful God there is. Amen. Amen. It's time we start living like He's powerful. Yes. Yes. 
It's time we start living like we know we're going to win the victory. Hey, we, hey, read the back of the book. It says we win. Let's start acting like it. Amen. The Bible clearly tells us that he even has, he's made the wicked for the day of judgment. He's reserved them for the day of judgment. He's going to unleash them then. It's truly amazing how that you and I could ever worry about anything. I'm the world's worst for worrying. Yeah. Yeah. God has all creation under his power. Do you really think that he can't take care of you and me? Do you really think that? Then B. Where does his dominion stop? Where does it stop? Jeremiah 23 verse 24 says, listen to this, this is good. This this will get your shouter going. Can verse 24. Can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him, saith the Lord? Good question. Do not I feel heaven and earth, saith the Lord? Do you hear that? Today, I want you to think about the earth and how much has been explored. I want you to think of the heavens above and the satellites that we sent up there and the astronauts that have visited this place, this, this, this universe up there. Then I want you to think about the amount of space in the heavens that we still know nothing about. I want you to take a moment and consider the very fact that the God of all creation is currently at each of those places. He's everywhere. He's in every nook and cranny of this beautiful earth. He is currently in every nook and cranny of this vast universe. Man has never explored any place on earth, nor in the heavens, space, whatever you want to call it, to where they hadn't met God once they got there. God was there first waiting on them. Lois and Clark explored the, the, uh, uh, the America when it was new, and guess what? They didn't go anywhere that God wasn't already there. You say, well, I've been to Russia, or I've been to Israel, or I've been to Hawaii. Well, did you look God up when you was there? Because He was already there. Do you stop by and talk with God while you're there? Because he, he has a residence in all those places. God is everywhere. David said in one of his many psalms, he says, Even if I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. Boy, that, that'll make you think. Look, the, the, the flames of hell cannot hurt the Lord. It cannot hurt God at all. If He's currently there right now, which He could be, for whatever reason, because He's everywhere, it's not hurting Him one bit. He made it. He created it. Yes, God's dominion is everywhere that you and I can possibly imagine. But I'll go one step further. His presence is everywhere that you and I can't imagine either. Also, places we can't even have even thought about yet. He's there. He's there. The, the, the galaxies that we don't know about. He's there. Do you realize how big your God is this morning? Do you realize how powerful God is this morning? Hey, look, look, we, we don't serve a one that, that we can go to the grave and see, see his bones. We, 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 there's not a, there's not a, a, a statue 
uh, of God sitting somewhere and that's, that's who we bow down to. No. No, no, no. Third, we see the king's dignity, his honor, his glory. We see the king's dignity. I have two set points for this one. A, what are his virtues? What are his virtues? Hebrews 1 8. We, taught, we, uh, we looked at Hebrews 1 8, the first part of it, and now we're looking at the last part of verse 8. It says, A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Verse, uh, excuse me, Psalm 47, verse 8. We looked at uh, uh, in Psalm 47 earlier, but verse 8 says this. God reigneth over the heathen. God sitteth upon the throne of His holiness. We have faced many leaders here in America whose ambitions were not the same or on the same level as Christians are. But with the King of kings, the King of His kingdom, you'll not ever have to worry about if He's working for his own self is gain or not. He rules and he reigns with righteousness. His scepter is a scepter of righteousness. He does not have an ulterior motive for his actions. Because he sits on a throne of holiness. There is, is, there is the utmost virtue in his reign. And you never have to worry about being overburdened or neglected or mistreated when God is your king. You won't ever have to be abused. To worry about being abused when God is your king. You won't ever have to worry about being sold because He's purchased you. He's redeemed you. He's not going to get rid of you. Then B, what are His tokens of authority? What are are His tokens of authority? I got two subpoints for this subpoint. We're going to dig in a little bit. First one's many crowns. Many crowns. Re- uh, Revelation 19, 12, first part of uh, verse 12. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. Many crowns. Our Lord not only has many crowns, but he's worthy of every one of them. He's worthy of every crown that he wears. Monarchs receive crowns that are passed down. It doesn't matter if they're worthy to receive them or not. And let me tell you this, many monarchs aren't worthy to receive the crown that they gotten. Many of them shouldn't, even today, shouldn't be in, the, in that place of authority. They got them because they were born into that royalty. But as for God, His throne was from the beginning of everlasting. And He'll be on that throne for the rest of everlasting. Amen. He's always worn those crowns of royalty, and He always had the authority, and He always will. Then the second thing is the magnificent title. He has a magnificent title. Revelation nineteen sixteen. I love this. And he, hath, and he hath on his vesture and on his thigh uh, a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We've seen, here in America, we've seen patriotism uh, at its peak during the 9-11 aftermath. Everybody was, was proud to be American after that. I've I, I known little, few people. I don't know of anyone that wasn't here in America, personally. But we've also seen it plummet during the 2020 pandemic and riots. At times, I've been proud to be an American. 
at times, I've been ashamed to be an American. I'm just being honest with you. And I'm sure that anyone, if you just ask anyone of any nation, at times that they're proud to be of that nation, there's times that they're ashamed to be of that nation. But with the king and his kingdom, we'll always be proud Amen. to be of the kingdom of heaven. We'll always be proud of that. Yes. He's been given that title, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And my, what a magnificent title that is. And I tell you, yes. Yes. there will never be a day which our pride will ever be shaken because of anything shady he's done. We won't have to worry about a, a, a Watergate when we, get, when we get to that kingdom. We won't have to worry about a, a scandal or scuttlebutt when we get to that kingdom. We won't ever have to worry about a, a, a coup d'etat when we get to that kingdom. We won't ever have to worry about an assassination plot when we get to that kingdom. We'll never have to worry about, I wish we can get another leader when we get to that kingdom. Because he will have the perfect king that's always been king. And he'll rule and reign in our lives and this world forever. He's worthy to be our king now. Then last, we see number four, the king's decree. The king's decree or his decisions. I have three sub points for this one. I'll make it quick. A, his plan as king. His plan as king. Psalms 124.8 Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. That's Psalm 124 verse 8. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. God's plan was to make a creation in which he could have fellowship with, with mankind. All right? In creating man, he created the heavens and the earth. These things were created in order to provide a dwelling place for mankind, for his creation there, mankind. All right? The animals and the plant life and the stars and the oceans, the bodies of water, none of this was necessary wasn't necessary for us to have, but God wanted mankind to enjoy His say while here on this earth. Yes. Amen. My, oh my, what a beautiful place He made. Amen. This was His plan. And He executed it as He saw fit. And guess what? Nobody had any suggestions for Him. Because there wasn't nobody there to give a suggestion. He did it all on, on His own. B, His power. As king. His power is king. Psalm 115.3 But our God is in the heavens. I love this. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. What kind of power has he got? He's got power to do whatever he wants. Whatever he wants. As I stated previously, he did not have to create anything. He could have easily created mankind to worship him and fellowship with him without giving man a choice to do so. He could have made us as robots. He could, have, he could have gave us no choice in the matter, but he didn't. That wasn't what God wanted. He wanted a created being to freely choose to worship him, such as what we're doing today. Yes. Let me say that this pleases God to the utmost. Hey, you've been in church this morning, worshiping the Lord. He is very pleased with that this morning. He's pleased with you in doing that. Then see, his passion as king. His passion as king. And put this together, 
I couldn't go but just to this, this one verse right here. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God, more than anything, wants your love. He wants His creation to love Him and to worship Him. He wants more than anything to, but to spend time with you. God wants you. He wants you. Why else would He have sent His Son to pay sin's ransom for us? God loves us beyond comprehension. And the sooner that you and I realize this, the sooner that we can enjoy the love that God has for us. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. This morning, are you a Christian? Are you a Christian? Are you enjoying His fellowship? Are you enjoying the love of God in your life? If not, why? If not, why? He did all of this for you. Before any of us can ever pray with sincerity, Thy kingdom come. We need to know the one whose kingdom it belongs to. That's why I preached this message this morning. Do you know him? As David spoke in the Psalms, Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. Do you know him? Do you know this king of glory? If not, guess what? Today would be the perfect day to get to know this King of kings and Lord of lords. Today is the day. This hour, this minute is the, is the right time to come to God. Let's bow our heads. Close our eyes. This morning, I don't know where you're at in your walk. And I don't know if you've even started your walk yet with God. But if you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, you're right. I don't know this King of glory, but boy, I sure would like to. If you're in that position this morning, you don't know God as your Savior. You don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior. Would you slip your hand up right quick? Anyone here this morning does not know for sure that they're going to heaven. Amen. Let's pray. Father, oh God, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your word. And thank you so much for allowing us the opportunity to worship you. Holy Spirit, thank you for coming down this morning and meeting us in our time of worship. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the blood that you shed on Calvary. Oh, Father, we're needed people very needed people. We ask, Lord, that you give us what we stand in need of throughout this week. As we go our separate ways, give us a, a burden to live for you, to walk with you, to speak with you throughout the week. And to come back and worship with you next Sunday. Father, bless us as we go our separate ways. Give us what we stand in need of, Lord. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. Don't forget, 6 o'clock tonight, okay? Service, 6 o'clock.